Hello and welcome to the first episode of the 2024 season of the Built Environment Marketing Show. And I am your host, Iowa Bass. I am a digitally led marketing consultant and I specialize in working with built environment firms. This show is all about showcasing the amazingly smart marketing that goes on in the built environment sector. And I hope it inspires you as much as it does me to try new things, especially things in digital. And today is a special episode which was recorded live over on LinkedIn on February the 1st. It was lovely to hear from Amy Walters and Jessica Barrett about how they're using AI in their marketing. At the moment, I think a lot of people are stuck in the realms of business as usual and not thinking about how they can include AI as part of their marketing workflow. Hopefully this episode will inspire you to get started. Enjoy. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us and welcome to this live stream, which is kicking off the next season of the Built Environment Marketing Show. So thank you so much for joining us. And I am Iowa Bass from Abbas Marketing and I'm a marketing consultant who works with architects and engineers. Um, I set up this podcast in lockdown one, which is like three and a half years ago, scarily, um, because I wanted to open up more people to the types of marketing conversations that I have with my friends. Uh, And it's been going for three and a half years and 60 episodes and about 12,000 downloads. I'm quite happy with that, to be honest. Um, And today you are being treated to not one, not two, but three digital women of the year so they're the young ones I'm the older one um (laughs) so true it's like there's never a way I'm always like I'm the older one um so Amy Walters uh she's the founder and lead designer of Bloom Creative and um Amy helps businesses to bloom by enhancing their branding and designs and my other panelist is Jess Barrett and Jess is marketing and PR exec at Bidwell's who describes herself as a jack-of-all-trades master of comms, which I really liked, by the way. So let's get going. So AI certainly dominated the headlines last year with the introduction of ChatGPT from OpenAI, which basically just grabbed every headline going. But don't be fooled. AI wasn't really the new kid on the block, but has been around for quite some time. So it's in many ways the kind of the, one of the day-to-day marketing tools you may already be using. So today we're going to talk about how built environment firms can harness AI in their marketing. We'll be looking at it from a practical point of view. So looking at AI from a marketing perspective, which is mainly me, uh, from a content creation and communications um, perspective, which will be Jess, and from a graphic design perspective, which will be from Amy. So you've got a good mix of marketing there. and, and, And so hopefully it will help you. Here's a quick rundown of some of the key AI definitions. AI stands for artificial intelligence, which means a general concept of machines acting in a way that simulates or mimics human intelligence. AI can have a variety of features such as human-like communication or decision-making. Algorithm. An algorithm is a set of rules that a machine can follow to learn how to do a task. Machine learning. Machine learning is a subset of AI that is particularly focused on developing algorithms that will help machines to learn and engage in response to new data without the help of a human being. Generative AI. Generative AI is about generative artificial intelligence. And it's basically AI that is capable of generating text, images, or other data using generative models, often in response to prompts. So one generative model 
that you might know is ChatGPT, for example. Generative AI models learn the patterns and structures of their input based on training data or LLMs, and then generate new data that has similar characteristics. Large language models or training models. Large language models or LLMs are deep learning algorithms that can recognize, summarize, translate, predict, and generate content using very large data sets. That's enough of some of the quick definitions. Now let's get on with talking about the practical uses of AI with Amy and Jess. So why is it important that people start to kind of look at AI and put some time into learning how to use it themselves? What Do you want to kick us off, Amy? Yeah, I think it's one of those things that a lot of people are scared to use. And so just getting started is great. And the more that you use and get started with it, the more you discover the ways that it's going to be helpful for you. So if you draw it back to just one small thing, um, an example I love to give is there's um, a a tool, an AI tool that generates a to-do list for you. So you say, I'm going to be live on LinkedIn this afternoon talking about this. You click a button and it gives you 10 things that you need to do to prepare. So it knows based on what other people have prepared and that kind of thing. Um, So you can see how suddenly then that's become a useful tool that's sped up your process or reminded you of things you might have missed. And then I'll, I'll kind of let Jess talk about the ways that then that can expand a bit further. So I think a lot of people think of AI and they think of ChatGPT. Um, and they think of blog writing and content writing, but there's such a plethora of tools out there. So I think it just shows from the diverse team we are in that we can talk about strategy, comms and graphics. It can help you record podcasts, edit video, come up with um, meeting notes I've used it for. So I think it you don't have to limit yourself just to using it for content and blog writing. But if you use it in small ways throughout all of your work, then it can just really help you. And I think I second what Amy said in that if you use it in small ways now, it will help you in the long run. I think it's the new Google, people who didn't use it and adopt it early on kind of struggle to to keep up with it and kind of keep running with the technology. So I think it's just one of those things that it's just growing more and more every day. And if we look back in the last year, 18 months, AI, chat, loads of different tools have grown at such a rate. So I think it's something that you should kind of learn how to use now and it'll help you in the long run. What's the app called that you mentioned, Amy? Oh, it's Magic To Do. Um, you go to goblin.tools and it's that, that will come up. Yeah. So if you're a to-do list type person, that's for you. Fantastic. Okay, so talked about why it's important i mean for me i i think it's worth some people investing into it if you see it as your marketing assistant to someone that you know some something that can help you take away i guess the repetitive strain i was doing i was reading up this morning and you know we we do a lot of i guess we waste a lot of time doing mundane tasks in marketing don't we you know uploading this you know looking for the right contacts or whatever and it's like how can we do this quicker and faster and better And I think there's a lot of tools out there that we're not using or making the most of that could actually help us to do our our jobs a lot quicker. And I guess release us from some of the kind of mundane stuff and actually start doing a more, dare I say it, fun strategic stuff. So for me, that's why people should start playing around with it, actually, because I think it can help us to do a lot more and be be a lot more efficient in how we work. So for me, I I think that's why. 
Absolutely. That's the key takeaway for me as well, is that it can help you become more efficient. Um, I think people need to realise it is basically like having an assistant, someone to bounce ideas off of. Um, It can't do everything for you. I don't think you should always take the content that AI gives you and just release it to the world. It does require some refining, whether you're proofreading it or, um, as we've discussed, machine learning, feeding back to chat and saying, actually, the tone's not quite right. This is more what I want. I want more of a professional tone rather than corporate and refining it in that way. And then AI works better for you once you start kind of communicating with it. And I think that's why AI and ChatGPT has kind of taken the world by storm is because it's conversational and people kind of like how you would ask Google a question. You can ask chat a question and people are familiar with that kind of search. Um, So, yeah, key takeaway for me is efficiency. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think you're right. It's the conversation. You can dig deeper and delve deeper if you don't get what you need. But I think the other thing for me is that it's changing so much, like as a platform, when you even like you look at ChatGPT and, and just all of kind of AI, it's changing so fast. But like you kind of go back in and then you suddenly go, oh, that's a new feature there. Or now I can have, you know, my settings for my background. I can actually just put it in there. So I don't have to keep going. I'm a marketer who works with architects and engineers. You can just go in and it knows who you are. So it's things like that. And it's always changing. So it's always worth kind of going in and just thinking what's been updated since I was last on there as well. So, yes, I do find it quite fascinating. So in terms of design, how are you kind of using kind of AI and, and AI to, AI-based tools in design? What, what are you finding it useful for and what, what would you suggest? So there's probably two, two different ways that it's most useful. One is the kind of ideation. So testing things out, coming up with different ideas, having a look to see how that might appear. So um, I might use that to say storyboard an idea out and kind of get different um, images. Instead of having to draw those out, I can generate those through AI to be quite quick and test different ideas out before doing the kind of hard graft of actually editing everything. But then the other side of it is being able to use it as a tool to speed up editing. So um, something that I use it for quite frequently is to do things like take things out of images. So you highlight it and you get it to remove it from an image or to generate something new within an image that wasn't there. Or one that's really good in Photoshop at the moment is you can put an image in and you can drag out the the kind of canvas size and then it would generate everything around it. So that's really good for things like website banners. So so often you can be looking for a stock image for absolutely ages, find the perfect one, and it's just not wide enough for the space on the website that you want to fill. So then you use the AI to kind of build that out. And um, it's something that a good designer could do if they've got the skills, but it would take so long that it's just not worth the time. Whereas AI now speeds up that process and makes it possible. Um, So those are probably two of the main ways to coming up with the ideas and then actually implementing them that I would use AI in design. And what tools were you using? So you, you talked about Photoshop yeah. there. Which other ones are you using? So some of it will be ChatGPT and bouncing things back and forth. Some of it will be um, using Dali. And the the latest one through ChatGPT um, is kind of Dali 3, I think, which is one of the better ones. And that's an image generation tool. So for those listening that haven't used Dali, you prompt it with some text. And the more specific you are with your text, the better. And then it will create images for you and you can kind of edit it from there. Um, I personally don't use 
mid-journey, but I've got blue willow, which is very similar to mid-journey. Um, and then the other tools that I occasionally dip into is Canva. So Canva have a new AI magic suite, which um, a lot of my clients do stuff on Canva. So their, their AI tools are called magic tools and they're really great. And they're kind of developing those. Yeah, but, I mean, there's probably loads more, but that's they're the main ones. Those are the main ones. And do you find... Like sometimes some of the tools are like some of the Canva kind of AI stuff looks a bit ropey to me. And like, you know, like everyone kind of sometimes talks about like, look at their hands and they look like this weird kind of like, <laughs> are you finding that or is it getting better? I think it's one of the ones that is getting better, but Josie's just added there. Canva does have similar expanding images, but it's not as good as Photoshop, but it's there. And that's exactly right. It's, um, I did a comparison where I wanted to add, so I wanted to add a kayak to some water and then I wanted to add a grizzly bear nearby. And it was for a talk. It wasn't for any particular content. It was random <laughs> stuff for a talk. Um, so I did, yeah. I did exactly the same prompting in Photoshop than I did in Canva. And there was, you could tell the difference with Photoshop being that pro editing tool. But given that Canva is one of those all in one, not pro level tools, it doesn't do half bad for being an accessible AI tool. And like, what sort of typical prompt would you put into, say, Dali or or Photoshop or something? What would you what would you put in? What sort of words or language would you do? What would you include? So with something like Dali, I'd be very detailed. So I'd be saying things like photorealistic, maybe the dimensions of the images that I wanted. Um, I'd be very descriptive. So in the past, I've done ones like um, a field of wildflowers that are purple, of course, with the sun setting <laughs> behind at golden hour. And what I say is generally you want to describe it as if you're describing it to someone who has their eyes closed and they can't see what you're trying to describe. Um, so you do that and then use different kind of things like photorealism and bokeh effect and that sort of thing. Um, so that's how I would use Dali and how I'd prompt Dali. But with Photoshop, you can be very to the point. So you can literally highlight an area and just put grizzly bear. And then it will generate you four different ideas to choose from. Um, so you don't, I don't find that you have to be as descriptive with Photoshop. So is that because it's just like a more sophisticated kind of developed tool? Is that like the difference of the, some of these? You know, like the Canva one might not be as good because it's Canva and it's part of a bigger whole. Is that? Yeah, potentially. I think as well with Photoshop, you're asking it to do a specific thing. So Dali, you're asking it to create a whole image from scratch. So you have to be very descriptive. Whereas in Photoshop, you're selecting an area and you're just saying remove, or now you don't even have to say remove, you just hit enter, or you're expanding it. And it, it understands based on the rest of the image what it is that you're after. So it knows, like with the oh, wow. grizzly bear example, I'm not obsessed with grizzly bears, by the way, it's just, just an example. <laughs> um, it knew where the sun would be shining. So it made, so, made sure that the sun was shining from the same angle as the rest of the image. The bear's feet was in, were in the water. So it, it yeah. uses the rest of the image. So you have to do less prompting in that respect. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's really, really useful. Brilliant. And I'm going to move over to you now, Jess. So from a kind of comms and PR expert, um, background, I can't remember what the word was. Forgot that. <laughs> Perspective, that was the word. Um, so how have you been using, what tools have you been using and what's it helped you do? So within my in-house marketing and PR team, we've been using quite a lot of tools over the past 12 months. So obviously ChatGPT um, and we're exploring um, kind of 
paying for ChatGPT4. So a couple of us within the team have it, but it's not spread across the whole team. We're looking at Copilot for Word as well. We've not used that yet, but are looking at getting a subscription because I think it's changed from needing 250 people to kind of sign up and have an account to only What's two. Copilot? So it's much more accessible now. It's um, integrated with Microsoft Suite, so Word. So you can be typing a blog and it can help you like, as you're typing in Word. You don't necessarily have to do stuff in chat anymore. Um, so they're tools that I'm excited about trying, but the ones that we've been using, um, we use a, a video creating tool called Play Play, which is really good. Um, it has great integration with branding, so perfect for us as in-house marketers. Um, I use Claude I love a lot. Claude. Um, so similar to chat for those that don't know but instead of um only being limited to typing things you can attach documents so you can attach a meeting transcript or a document a contract or um a press release from something and ask it to summarize things ask it to come up with a title ask it to condense things and it's so good but i'd say the distinction between claude and chat is claude um helps you to summarize things and condense things whereas chat's a lot more creative claude can handle a lot more data can't it like a lot more summary stuff and information whereas chat normally goes yeah chat normally goes no thanks can't do this now (laughs) you're like huh exactly i I think i found exploring loads of different tools is really helpful so we've got um a tool called fireflies for um it kind of joins as an additional person within a team's meeting and transcribes the meeting as you're going and then it um after the meeting will give you a list of highlights or actions that's really good when you've kind of got back to backs and not a lot of time to digest what's happening i use otter for that it's it's the same thing you can you send it on the i found that ai is really helpful for some of those administrative tasks like meeting notes or kind of condensing things down um so those are a few to note and we have used mid-journey a little bit for some of our creative campaigns in terms of like imagery and branding um and then canva we use as well we've got an account but as amy says it can be a bit hit and miss no that's that's so so useful Hey, it's Io here and I just wanted to interrupt the show quickly to say a bit more about what I do. I'm a digitally led marketing consultant and I specialise in working with built environment firms just like yours. I think there's so much more that AEC firms can do to make the most of the digital marketing opportunity. And if it's something that you would like to explore working with me, how to make the best of online and in-person worlds, then do get in touch. Email me at Io, which is A-Y-O, at abassmarketing.com and let's have a chat. And I guess what, when you're prompt, so when you're using ChatGPT, what kind of things are you searching for? Are you, or, or what are you prompting it to do? What kind of language? I always, I always tell chat who it is. I say you're an expert copywriter or you're a PR specialist yeah. and give it that background so then it knows exactly where it's coming from. Um, I try and give it a word count limit, but chat's not great. It's sticking to word counts. 
It is quite good at sticking to tone, I yeah. think. So often once you nail your corporate branding and tone of voice, it's really good at adhering to that. If you have a couple of words that you know that you're corporate and friendly, um, then it can become really consistent. And that's one thing that we found is that it helps all of our content become consistent. Sometimes when you've got um, multiple people in your in-house team, you've all got slightly different interpretations of what your tone of voice is. Um, so it's helped us a lot with being consistent and on brand. Um, I've forgotten what your question was now, AA. I've gone on a bit of a tangent. Sorry, so have I. So that's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I think it was more about what, what are you using in terms of your prompting? What prompts, what prompts you're using? Oh, yeah. So using specific words, giving it a brief, and also saying who the audience is. So for us, um, being a consultancy, we have quite a few different client types and um, key customer segments. So knowing who those are and telling chat, like describing them and what they need out of it. So you're being educational, you're informing. Um, that's really key as well. You have to give it such a good brief. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit sometimes one of what I see some of the pitfalls are, you know, when you see sometimes on LinkedIn and people are like, here's a prompt booklet or whatever, a playbook for ChatGPT. And like the prompt's like two pages long. I'm like, who's got time? <laughs> it's long. You know what I mean? I think I think some of that, at least like Claude feels like it's a bit more, your prompts don't have to be as detailed and some of those, isn't it? But I guess it's trial and error to see what's needed with which, dif which different application, isn't it? Absolutely. So I think if for those listening, you've not really dived into AI or perhaps you've just tried chat a little bit, think about what you want AI to do for you, what tools might you want to explore and then just have a go. There are loads of free trials out there and just kind of explore things, trial things, think, oh, actually, it would be better if this was a bit more um, creative and then try and find another tool out there because there are thousands of tools out there. There's going to be one that does exactly what you want. Yeah, and there's, there's so many more coming onto the market as well, which is quite quite incredible. Um, someone's just said, use um, mygpts.dev. It's a great tool to use with ChatGPT, which helps you begin with an initial prompt, e.g. copywriter G GPT. Um, I think there's also... Quite interestingly, I think there is, I think one of the things you put on some of your notes, Amy, was around, you've got like chatbots and things like that. And I know when I've been listening to podcasts around AI, there's been that thing of you can kind of train it to do those kind of basic tasks. So like if you're writing a press release, as in, you know, the basic, the who, what, where, why questions that you would use, or if someone came into you in the business and said, can you write a press release? As I always do. Um, but it's like you can use that to get to your first 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 rough draft and I think things like that where you can go that would save me a lot of time and then it's taken to the marketing team so I think looking at your overall workflows and using tools to kind of look at those basic questions and those workflows that you do all the time that actually could be automated is an amazing way that people could save time going forward. I completely agree I don't think that chat's ever going to replace content writers um, but I think it can help a lot with some of the lower value content and the stuff you do have to churn out and that's really repetitive and as I said earlier it helps you become more efficient and then frees up your time to think about 
larger projects like thought leadership stuff, working on research reports, the stuff that's higher value. Um, so that, that's really key. Yeah. I mean, marketing-wise, some of the ways I have used it myself is, is even just things like understanding customer personas or what should go into it. Or sometimes I will look at, I, start, I did uh, over, just like over the holidays and stuff, I did like, I looked at some of my blogs and I put some of them in and I said, how can I improve these to improve their SEO? And, and also I use it for things like headlines and you can kind of just ask questions and go, how can I prove this? What else should I be doing? What's missing from this landing page? So there's lots of kind of little things you can kind of use it just to kind of do a back and forth and improve what you're doing. But I think there's also that kind of area that you can use AI to kind of understand like personas, what issues your 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 clients are likely to be facing. You can ask, you know, prompts around, you know, what are architects based in London, what challenges are they facing at the moment, you know, and it's good. It, it can give you quite a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, and but like you say, it's like playing around with it, which I think is the most important part. With using it for things like um, your target audience and market research, you also have the benefit that it's not got... Um, it's not got that people pleaser need to tell you that it really likes what you're doing. So if you approached <laughs> your clients, they would have that tendency and that bias to want to say good things and feel more awkward saying the kind of critical things that could be improved. Whereas um, GPT and stuff, it doesn't have that bias. It's like, yeah, I'll just tell you factually, if that's who I was, this is how I would feel based on what it knows from what it's read and learned. Okay, so we kind of, I guess we have focused a lot on the kind of positives and how people can use it. What would you say are some of the negatives of AI? Or what should we be wary of? Could be another way of phrasing that. From a design perspective, like um, if we're talking what can AI not do so well as opposed to getting into the ethics debate, um, which I'm sure we'll touch upon as well. Um, at the <laughs> moment, AI, generative AI doesn't do faces so well. So if you want to generate a person... You need the person to be facing away and it to be the silhouette of a person, not necessarily a person's face. There are tools that are getting better and really honing in on developing that. But at the moment, your standard ones are not going to create people very well in your images. That's good to know. <laughs> kind of scary people are quite well. important normally. <laughs> what it generates is like, that's not a face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, Jess? I think one thing to remember is the machine learning factor, like it takes what you put in and learns from it. So for me, working with press releases and confidential information, I don't really use AI to tweak press releases because that information is confidential um, and you don't know what people could be searching for. The last thing I want to do is leak some confidential data. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So you do have to kind of keep that in mind. And I think also, I mean, that's changing. So with some of the paid for um, ChatGPT4, your data is kind of retained within your account. And with Copilot, that will kind of keep it within your Word document. So I think that's changing. But uh, there's always been that question about reputational risk. And for me, as someone who looks after a firm's branding, it's always something that plays on my mind. So I think, yeah, just kind of um, proceed with caution, well, there, I think. There are horror stories, aren't they, of people uploading like confidential client information to ChatGPT. And it's like, you do need to have your wits about you and think about it, but you're right, it's that whole privacy thing. But there are certain firms, aren't there, that are building their own kind of private versions like AI, AI tools, which all sit in their own kind of computer infrastructure and things. So 
I think a lot of working on it secretly. Um, and then I think JLL is probably the largest property player that's um, kind of created their own tool. Um, so I'm really interested to to learn more about what they've done and how they're using it internally. But it does cost a lot to develop those kind of it tools. Does. So it's not available for everyone. So I think if you are kind of a freelancer, work for a smaller agency or a smaller property firm, then exploring lots of different tools is perhaps a greater like return on investment at this current stage until you know what you want to um, achieve. I'd be interested, Ao, um, in what your clients are asking of, of you. Are they asking about AI integration, or is it something that you're kind of using your initiative with? Um, to be honest, no, none of my clients have approached me about it. I mean, I have, but I do have clients who are like in the prop tech and construction tech space, so they're they're using AI throughout their kind of ecosystem. So they're a lot more forward thinking. And to be honest, I have to admit, one of my clients was the first person when ChatGPT came out, was like, have you not used it yet? And he started showing me it. So I think those types of companies are more progressive. I think most traditional large companies, they're not necessarily using it as much or it's on the people's to-do list. So, I mean, for me, I just find it really interesting. And I think it's got a lot of scope. And that's kind of why I'm trialing things out for myself to see how that's working and things like that. So, yeah, for me, that, that's it. With AI and, and stakeholder buy-in, that's a really interesting topic because I think naturally we work in a creative field, so we are going to explore new tools and kind of um, explore AI. Naturally, we'd be more inclined, but for those in property particularly, it is such a foreign con- concept. It is. Um, so trying to explain how we're using it has been quite an interesting process over the last year. And I think um, my firm, we won an award for our use of AI in B2B marketing. And I yeah. think now that we've got that accolade that's kind of given us some gravitas and kind of enabled us to get increased stakeholder buy-in. So that's been um, a really important shift for us. And I'm excited to see how that develops over the next year. But I think uh, building on that, I think the whole thing about you know, it's a very property and construction is a very traditional sector. And we are, you know, we're, we're right, you know, we're right for investment. And like VCs are literally putting, you know, we're one of the fastest growing segments for venture capitalists to kind of invest in. So, you know, there are a lot more tools coming across the industry from how people design, you know, and I think that's the thing is that there is this sea out there of new stuff coming into our sector. And I, I think there's many people who aren't going to see it coming, you know, and it's kind of like, in terms of how they work, the processes, everything, everything is going to change, not just marketing. And I think I think that's the thing is, but I think it's also quite scary for people as well. Cool. We've got some questions for Ange Lyons. Have you had any clients let you go and say that AI is going to do your work now? I actually haven't. But interestingly, I've had clients who have been using AI and then pulled me or Bloom Creative in and then are happy for us to use AI because we're transparent about the use of AI with our clients anyway. So then it's sort of like they they already were using it and then they've come to us. So it's been the opposite, I've found. I've not had it, but I have heard of someone who basically they had someone say, actually, I could be using AI rather than paying you to write this copy kind of thing. And I think, yeah, but the quality they were getting from AI wasn't great. So I think there are there are always going to be people who go, I could just use AI for that and don't see the value in buying a consultant or a, or a specialist. But, you know, those aren't your clients, I think, is the, is the main thing and not to be worried about it. But 
I think we've all got to continue and, and I guess know where we really add value. I think that's all we can do, really. And I think as well, like from, again, from a design perspective, that that fear of is someone going to leave me as a client and do it themselves with AI if you as a designer are learning the really pro AI tools, so like the ones that are in Photoshop, in Illustrator, in InDesign, every time I open those apps, it's like, there's a new AI tool. The more you're learning those pro ones, the more you can support your client with the stuff that you know how to do that they wouldn't necessarily be able to access as a kind of entry level designer slash DIY designer. Exactly. It's the value. It's the value add, isn't it? Where's your value add? And your value add is going to be on the top end premium stuff rather than here's your Canva one, which it doesn't look as great, which is true. Fantastic. Uh, okay. And Christine Bautas, who is a good friend of mine, says, seeing organizations advising clients on AI, but in-house teams on the back foot on using them themselves. This is a great testament to what can be done. which is just, it's very, very true. I think there's many people kind of advising, but how many many marketers are really using it? And I don't think there's that many. Do you? I think people are increasingly using it. I think people started adopting it in 2023. Um, But I think there still is some scepticism out there and it's almost got a bit of a stigma attached to it that you're kind of, I don't know if lazy is too strong of a word, but that you're cutting corners. So I think it's about actually explaining how it can be used effectively and that it's more about increasing your efficiency and freeing you up to use your skill set on other things that add more value. I guess um, to close this out, so in terms of kind of resources or people to follow, who, who, would, you, who would you recommend people follow or what people should do to find out more? So I do particularly follow anyone for AI um my manager's actually quite good Ben Lee I don't know if he's watching but he's really good at um advising how to use AI within property so for those that do operate within this sector give him a follow um but I think and me perhaps um but if you are naturally engaged with AI and reading that content on LinkedIn LinkedIn, as we discussed, the algorithm will give you more of that content. So I'm constantly discovering people and finding out more and more. But so many people within marketing, PR, comms, graphic design are vocal on AI. So I'm sure that there will be, there's so many podcasts and blogs and insights, reels. There's so much out there for you to digest, almost an overwhelming amount. So I think that perhaps... The best advice is to kind of sit down, look at your work, what you want to achieve and think, Do what do I want? Do I want someone to help me come up with a structure for a blog? Do I want a tool to help me transcribe videos? Do I want something that will help me produce cleaner graphics? And then try and find creators that are speaking on those topics. Yeah. And you, Amy? Yeah, very similar. So I would have a scroll through LinkedIn. Um, I imagine... Lots of the people listening will be from the built environment side of marketing. Um, But if you're listening and that's not your side as well, if you go to like hashtag artificial intelligence and that sort of thing and follow um, the people that you see based on what it is that you're looking for. So obviously you two would be able to advise much more specifically within that niche. Um, But from a wider point of view, that sort of hashtag um, design and AI and that sort of thing, just have a little search, see what people are posting about. Um, I think 
communities are really great so there's the digital women community that um well i mean that's where we all got the digital women of the year awards from um but they do their (laughs) they do their twice yearly um conferences and whilst it sounds like it's women they are open to men there are men that turn up to um the events like gus is amazing and he comes to every event um and those events are um the kind of introductions to different AI things as well as other aspects of marketing. So getting into those communities where people are talking about it and just having these natural conversations, tuning into LinkedIn lives like this is probably the best place you're going to find resource and people to follow without feeling overwhelmed, like Jess was saying. And things like the marketing meetup as well. They do some really good events on, on AI and, and that kind of digital side, which I think, and it's just trying to not to get overwhelmed. But I guess another good rate resource is HubSpot. They've got some great reports and research into AI and the definitions. Actually, I had a look at some of their stuff earlier and there was a lot there, but like not too overwhelming. It's well written. So I think in terms of if you're looking at where to start, what to use, those those, those are kind of nice places. Um, and I think, um, is it Heather Murray I thought, follow? Who's like, from, she's probably about the only person I follow on who's like AI related because I find them too bro-y. So I'm like, I'm not really interested. But, um, but she's great and, and her stuff is like, really approachable, which I think is the most important part. So it doesn't overwhelm you. There are a lot of short courses out there as well. So on HubSpot, but also the Chartered Institute of Marketing have a short course on AI at the moment. So that in itself shows that AI is here to stay, the fact that Chartered Bodies are releasing courses about got specialist it. courses. I saw that. I keep getting the ads. But they've also got podcasting. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, get you. You mentioned the marketing meetup as well, AO. So that's fantastic and have um, international meetups now too. Um, and also for property, Profile Network's great. And they've got a session next week actually on AI. They do. Um, yeah. Yes. And they ha- quite frequently have um, topics about AI and their breakfast meetings for members. Also, kind of, you're able to talk about whatever you like, including AI. Um, so there are so many groups out there that are collaborative, whether that's Marketing Meetup, Digital Women, Profile Network, um, that have resources and experts. So um, definitely explore those. Thanks to my panel, Jess and Amy. And if you want to contact any of us, you can find us all on LinkedIn and connect with us. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Built Environment Marketing Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes, which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode. You can find that on abassmarketing.com. And of course, if you like the show, please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us. See you soon.